well, my special guest right now, uh, you look at him, you think, what is he, uh, you know, graduate of high school, college? No, he's 34 years young. Uh, he preserves well. I call him Dr. Doogie Hauser. I don't know if he likes that. He's probably sick of hearing it. But this is Dr. Leland Stillman, MD. And uh, he is, uh, I had the privilege of meeting you at one of these events. Last year? Last year. Yeah. And we became friends. And uh, you have been fearless in the fight to contend for truth and science in this whole, what I call scandemic. I mean, we know it's a virus, but the, the injections and all the things that are happening. And you've been taking care of your patients. You've been working with Dr. Simone Gold. Uh, and, and you're finding great success. And then we had a chance to spend time together. You came out to California, we got to know trip. each other. Yeah, I, I, I just have to tell the folks, I'm, I'm blessed to call you my friend. Likewise. I'm grateful for all you do. Thank you. Um, tell us some of the stuff you're working on. Tell us how you got into this, whatever's on your heart. So I got into this because several months into COVID, I was working at a rural country hospital in northern Minnesota, and you know I was expecting Armageddon from everything I heard from yeah. colleagues yeah. and the media. Everyone's gonna die, right? But I was at the sort of the last place it would show up, so I didn't know what to think when it didn't show up. And we were waiting day after day and week after week, and the hospital's empty. And I'm thinking to myself. They're gonna fire me because I don't have enough patience to like to, to merit or warrant employing me. And then I call my recruiter, Felipe, and I'm like, Felipe, you know, what's going on? You know, is there any other work out there? Like, I'd like to go because I wanted to get into the action. I wanted to like see yeah, the thing. You want to help? Be a part of it, right? Yeah. I said, is there anywhere I can go? Is there any work? He's like, no. Doctor Stillman, you're one of the only doctors I have right now in my you know group of doctors who, who work with me who's actually employed. You need to keep your job. And, and, but they're, they're saying on but the news that, that they're in a world-ending, catastrophic pandemic going on. Yeah. And that was when I was like, hold on. Yeah, this doesn't add up. This doesn't make any sense. So I started to read more of the news and read more of the studies, and it really became clear around hydroxychloroquine and then ivermectin and early outpatient treatment and all these great doctors like Pierre Corey and Paul Merrick and Ryan Cole and Peter McCullough and yep. Robert Malone and some of them are the last people you would expect to come forward to say that a virus was you know, not the problem it's being made out to be and the public health response was way overblown and totally inappropriate and then that the vaccine was unsafe and ineffective, right? And I, so I just knew, I knew, and, and, it, and even before the vaccine came out and people like Robert Malone really showed up on the scene, yeah. I was, uh, I spoke out at a, at, a, at a rally in Virginia, which is my home state where I was living at the time, um, against what the public health commissioner had said. He said, if there's a vaccine developed for this, we may enforce administration across the population. I said, hold on a minute. Wow. I'm not seeing any cases. The cases I'm seeing are not severe. They're in the already severely ill and you know, medically compromised, very sick, elderly. Comorbidities. Comorbidities, yeah, exactly. And the vaccine doesn't exist and no viral pandemic in the history of the world has lasted this long. Yeah. We know from the history of public health that even if, theoretically, if your vaccine is gonna work, and coronavirus vaccines have always failed because the virus mutates rapidly, right. and it's extremely hard to engineer, even from the beginning, right? So I said, this, is, this cannot be appropriate, this is bizarre. The idea that you're going to force this on people who may be ethically opposed to vaccination just out of their religious beliefs. Yeah, how they were made through fetal tissue, yeah. 
Yeah, or just because they don't believe in modern medicine. Right. That's our right as Americans. Yep. We have an immune system, we're gonna stay with it, thanks. Exactly, and so I started to learn more about it, read more about it. That that um, interview I gave was what went viral, and you end up seeing that. Yeah. That's how we met. Now, now that they've, they've administered this shot, and they're in California they're demanding that children, I mean, getting this thing, uh, and they're they're suppressing the data. They We've are. seen the Pfizer data, it, which is awful. The death rate's higher than it is with the virus itself. Now we want to put it on our children of a 0.002% chance of dying. Yeah. And most of the kids that have died have had diabetes and severe. I know. Yeah. I know. And they're, they're giving it. What is the push for that? And, and what are we seeing? Or let me correct that. What are you seeing in the medical realm um, of the adverse reaction to this shot? Yeah. And what's the, what's, what's the empirical data that you're witnessing? Because... You're, we're not getting it out there, and even bears are just messing with the numbers. I know. So my practice is almost entirely in vaccinated patients, and in the last two years, about a thousand people reach out to me for care, um, and I've ended up taking care of about 200 to 300 of those. And those who are not vaccinated have had no significant problems with COVID. I had one patient who almost required hospitalization turned around with ivermectin. Everyone I got them ivermectin, usually within 24 to 48 hours. There you go. The patient who required ivermectin and almost went to the hospital also had some blood clots. I had to treat those. But really, COVID for my practice has been a non-event. And then when I start to talk to people about the vaccine and the vaccine injuries, those have been rolling in. People who are waking up and realizing that they were lied to and that something, that the, their vaccine did have a negative health impact on them and they need to seek treatment for it. I've been starting to see that more. And there's no doubt and no question that it's harming people. There's no doubt and no question that it does not work to reduce what we care about, which is hospitalization and death. And those numbers have been fudged very heavily by just saying, well, the unvaccinated are more likely to be hospitalized. That was true because the unvaccinated were more likely to have more diet and lifestyle issues, uh, be, have more comorbidities. They were, I, they were vaccine skeptical many times because they're from communities that have been exploited right, by the medical right. industry in the past, like the African-American community. Now, we're watching this where, uh, and, and Charlie and I, when we travel, uh, I'll, I'll typically ask a question. I'll say, how many of you took the vaccine? I, I, I don't even use the word. How many of you took the shot, the Pfizer yeah. shot or the J&J shot uh, because you believed in its efficacy? I know. Or how many of you took it because you didn't want to lose your job? Yep. Very few raise it because they believe in the efficacy. The, the lion's share because of, of the pressure put on them and then we ask, how many of you know someone who's died of COVID? Very few raise your hands. But then we say, how many of you know somebody who has suffered or died, suffered severely or died from the injection? And that's where you get the lion's share of hands going right. up. And we got rid of the swine flu vaccine for 200 deaths. I know. We're now approaching 30,000, and that's VAERS, and that's underreported significantly. Underreported, and yes. we're pushing it now on children. I know. Uh, what's happened to the medical industry? It, it seems as though it's dominated by big pharma, uh, you, you get you get canceled and attacked. Yeah. They come after your licensing, especially in California. I know, yeah. yeah. And, and now you've moved, you're now what, Florida? I live in Florida now, yeah. The freest state in the country. Thank right. you, Governor DeSantis. Thank you, yes. Um, they're, they're dominating the industry, aren't they? Big Pharma. They are. But you know, the word on, the, 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 if you were a fly on the wall of the doctor's lounge, the conversation around the vaccine is very tense. Because there's some people who cannot give it up. They, they will go to their graves. They're doubling down. Yeah. yeah, and you know, that's sort of a foible of human nature. Yeah. People just, they become inflexible. We talked about that the other day. You know, Max Planck, 
one of the founders of quantum physics said science advances one funeral at a time, by which he meant that science doesn't advance because old scientists are converted to new opinions. It advances because they die and are replaced by new scientists who have you know, flexibility of cog a cognitive flexibility yeah. to adopt new ideas or consider an alternative you know, possibility. They're, they're, not, they're, 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 uh, they're not prideful and, and, and stuck. That's exactly right, yeah. or stiff-necked, Yeah. right, or, uh, or hard of heart. So, so you see that in, in the break rooms of the, the doctors, where yeah, there's some that are I just hear from, setting from their my ways. colleagues who are still in the hospital. But from, even, as, even as the data rolls in, they're still not challenged. It's almost like well, they the just... Well, the sad thing is, is that they don't, they don't go back and look at the original data. They accept what they're told by their colleagues who they accept as experts. And the experts are cherry-picking their data. And, you know, I've had conversations with people who've been on the inside of closed-door meetings on vaccines, and when, when those closed-door meetings happen, what's actually said is very, um, it's a very a Machiavellian kind of calculus of, well, if, you know, the vaccine will cause this many injuries, and of this many injuries, this many will be, you know, permanent disability, death, and that's certainly not, I mean, they try to make that controversial. It's not controversial. It's a National Vaccine Injury Compensation Act that created, basically, and really let Big Pharma off the hook for all of their injuries. Yeah, they, don't have, they have no liability. Yeah, I mean, it would be like saying, okay, Mercedes-Benz is not liable for faulty brakes. Or, you know, the builder of this you know, building or convention center is not liable if you know, there's a, a terrible you know, um, failure of the building and it kills people in a, in a collapse. And if you follow the money, vaccine companies making billions. They have, billion. it's, it's one of the most, probably, they may be the most profitable pharmaceutical product in history. And, and, and we're their guinea pigs and we have no recourse when we watch our loved ones suffer from this experimentation upon society. And that's why civil disobedience is the answer. Yeah. People must not comply, they must not get their kids vaccinated, they must not get vaccinated for their job. They have to make whatever sacrifices are necessary because the only way out of this is mass non-compliance. You're old school. At 34 years young, you're not really into social media. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love the fact you're, you're seldom if ever on your phone. You're a copious reader. You're well-educated. Uh, I mean, it, it is an anomaly, quite honestly, for your generation. But that being said, how do folks at least connect with you yeah. and, and support you and learn from you? Can you give them... So people, Whatever you have. Yeah, people should go to my website, stillmanmd.com. Stillman, S-T-I-L-L-M-A-N.com. M-D.com. Amazon Medical Doctor. Yeah. yeah. And they can find me on social media at stillmanmd. That's my Twitter, Instagram, I think Facebook uh, handle. So it's very easy to find me there. And if you find me there and you really want, yeah, what I recommend people do is sign up for my newsletter. Yeah. Which is where I'm putting out the most important content that I really want people to be aware of. Very helpful newsletter, might I add. Folks, you really need to subscribe to this. It, it, it's the, in, the information you need when everyone else out there has no concern for your health. He's got no dog in this fight. He didn't get, you don't get remunerated, you don't get paid, you're not rolling in money. You just really believe in what you do to do no harm. I agree, yeah. Hippocratic oath. Yeah, it's, it's really, it became very simple for me when, when they talked about a mandate, which was that no matter what the personal or economic cost to me, I couldn't stand to live in a world where people were compelled to do something medically yeah. because some expert thinks it's the best thing for them. And everything that expert said has proven to be wrong. No. Yeah, and they're still coming after us. So that's right. You're doing it. I'm grateful for you. And I get I actually the great joy for me is to be able to tell everyone. I call you my friend. You're my brother in Christ. I'm thankful for all you do. 
And I know the Lord has stuff for us in the future together, but I want everyone to know how, how precious this brother is and, and how grateful I am God brought him into my life. And now God brought, them, brought him into your life. And uh, thanks, Dr. Stillman. Thank you. You rock. There you go, folks. Man on the cutting edge. Follow him. You learned how to do it. And if you don't, why? Why? Do you want to remain stupid? No. We're Christians. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There's wisdom here. Tap into it. God bless you guys. We'll see you at the next interview.